Hello and welcome back to The Back Pocket, the podcast that has been relegated to 4.10 on a Sunday afternoon because nobody cares about either of our seasons anymore. We are the Port versus Essendon of podcasts. <laughs> That's a good one. I am Jack. <laughs> I'm joined as always by Alistair. I'm glad we restarted. That was much better than the other intro. Uh, how are we doing? Oh, yeah, all right. I mean, it's a, it's a Tuesday afternoon and I done worked. My fave. I'm so tired, so let's uh, let's jump right into were you, it. Were you still up this morning when I got up? Was that yes. like a still up going yes. on? All right, cool. Yeah, I, I like not... left for work and I saw your light was on and I was like, that can't be good. I have not had a good day. Uh, so uh, I'll get started with my one vote. Jump right into it. Uh, your favorite player. Okay. 100%. You love hearing his name every single second of every single game, even when he's not playing. Nick Dykos, one vote for me. He was good, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Played, played actual halfback. Played actual halfback, and uh, that's why he gets a vote. Totally um, fair. He's kind of been a little all over the place. He swapped wing duties with the other Dicos. He's occasionally Who now has to be a chance mid. for All-Australian wing the way he's playing. Yeah, they don't pick All-Australian wings, Jack. No, We've talked yeah, about that's this. That's true, yeah. Um, but yeah, he had a he had a really good game. He got a few goose possessions, so his 31 disposals isn't really too important, but 10 intercepts, 5 tackles, he pretty good disposal really good efficiency. Yeah. He, um, I heard someone saying like one of the biggest strengths of his game is that he just believes he's going to get through every tackle someone tries to lay on him. And I think that is very true. Um, it's, it's ridiculous to think that he might make the squad for the Australian team. Yeah. I reckon he's a chance. In his first year. Um, I don't think he'll make the 22, but he's definitely a chance for that at least. I don't think he'll push out Saad or Sinclair or those kinds of players, but he's a good chance for the squad. He's just playing really good footy. Um, he didn't get my any votes from me, um, which yeah. I guess is spoilers for the rest, but uh, my one vote was to Harris Andrews. He was my one that missed out. Yeah, so I think he's finally, towards the back end of this year, starting to play some of his better football, which is really important for Brisbane because their biggest issue was the in fact they were leaking goals earlier in the year. Um, although, in the second half, they looked like they were all at sea again for a little bit there as Carlton monster yeah, on those none goals. none of that had to do with Harris Andrews. No, not him, so but I just he, mean their midfield team defence is still a bit of a... He monstered Mackay, and Mackay's really been did. in terrible form for three or four weeks now, but he just absolutely dominated him. Played a really solid game. I've got a few hard defensive slogs getting reward for me this week, which I really like doing yeah, with the votes. Like but a um, lot of body work and pack crashing, I thought he did. He had eight spoils, mm-hmm. six defensive one-on-ones as well. Um Three intercept marks, another intercept possession, which was half his disposals. He only had eight touches, but half of them were intercepts. Yeah, he uh, he wore Mackay like a glove, uh, and which is not how he's been playing all year. So he really yeah. went and locked him down and just dominated that way. So definitely worth a vote, and I'm glad you snuck him in because I wasn't able to. Yeah. Uh, so my two uh, fan favorite of mine, uh, Jed Buse, two votes from me. What a game. I, did, yeah. I couldn't get him in. Well, um, you've made a mistake. I thought Geelong's <laughs> like backline, especially the unheralded ones. Um, Colo played probably the best game I've ever seen him play in his 150th. Um, but Jed Buse was just incredible. Um, I, I loved seeing the Geelong Twitter put up a video of his highlights this week. Like that, that's how good his game was. Yeah. Um, I love a Jed Buse highlight. Yeah, me too. Um, um, Beth was upset because she was trying to sleep and I was watching Jed Buse highlights. But <laughs> <laughs> I opened up my phone before bed and there he was. I'm on, I'm on the Facebook group Jed Buse poster. Um <laughs> Yeah, we had 10 marks and a bunch of one percenters. Huge game. He's a team player. He always has been. And uh, I've always I've always really enjoyed watching him play. He's a nugget of a human. Uh, and he he's is, just he's, he's just hard at it. Beefy so. little man. I mean, we had, obviously, Stuart got tagged and there was a big patch to the game where the ball was locked over one side and Guthrie was on the bench. And Buse just took massive advantage of the two intercept players being off. Um, yeah, he was, he was really good. My two 
Uh, just quickly, I was oh, going to yeah. say, Zathri was another one I looked at trying to get a vote in for because I thought he also played a really good game. Um, but yeah, couldn't do it. Yeah. It was my choice. Um, I Two votes was the Sam Taylor for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they monstered Essendon. Yep. Um, in what was a really embarrassing performance for Essendon, considering how they've been playing. That is Essendon it, of earlier in the year, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. But it was impressive from GWS. They, after looking lost, they really showed some composure as a team. Mm. And some of their leaders, I was going to say senior players, but Sam Taylor is not a senior player, but some of their leaders around the ground really He's stepped up. He's a leader, up. for sure. Um, he was really good. Played another good lockdown role. Um, eight marks and nine intercept possessions. And was really important when the game was on the line. Essendon launched that bit of a comeback. Um, and he was really solid through there. Incredibly efficient too. Our, our boy Mason Redmond got tagged as well, and that was a really good move from GWS to take him out of the game. Smart. He's Essendon's best player. Yeah. As, uh, it used to be Parrish, but now yeah, it's Redmond. Genuinely. And they just took him out. And in losing that rebound, GWS were able to convert a lot of goals, um, but lost Toby Green for the season, which uh, yeah. their season's over anyway. It's, so It doesn't matter too much. But uh, yeah, Sam Taylor's been fantastic especially in the back half of this year absolutely um, i feel like we started off mentioning him a few times wanting to see him in form and now he actually is and that's been good for us so uh wait that means it's my turn three votes. uh three votes tom brass same actually every, yeah. every week I'm he was just my three votes. he is just coming home <laughs> strong yeah he's killing it um i, I don't know, think i've ever I know seen it was just 14 touches this week but 10 marks Nine intercepts, seven intercept marks, which is massive. Yeah. And then, even though he's not that kind of player, four spoils. Yeah, measure. just uh, adds up to six one percenters in the end as well. Um, he is the best key defender in a bottom two side I've seen in a long time. Yeah, um, in a long time. And obviously, we both rate Ben Mackay, but he's not Very playing anywhere near the Tom Brass is just tearing Tom apart. Brass. Um, he should be their next captain, uh, and he should be given a massive contract because yeah. honestly honestly he's, he's their in, best player <laughs> like almost all australian squad form in a team that is getting demolished yep. regularly um the fact that i was really disappointed that they couldn't drag that across the line they led various points of that game um front of a home crowd against an adelaide side that hasn't been that strong for kennedy's last game it was a bit disappointing and good for adelaide i think adelaide went into that i think they had Rory Laird's 200th game as well, and he really got up for it himself. It was dominant, but... Um, their back half of the season's been a lot better than a lot of people have been giving them yeah, credit for. Even, first, even just then, you said they weren't in good form, but I think they kind of have Their first been. five weeks were strong, and it was really disappointing to see how they fizzled out after that, because mm. um, we talked about, obviously, they almost beat Freo if it weren't for that Heath Chapman spoil and a few yeah, things like that, and then they just really fizzled out and started getting belted by teams, but they did take it up. To Sydney for patch that, that game, and then obviously almost beat Collingwood, but everyone almost beats Collingwood. Yeah. That's just how they play. Um, even North almost beat Collingwood. Um, but yeah, that they are playing a bit better football. But I don't want to get lulled into the false sense of security I got lulled into with Adelaide last year, yeah. where they came home strong and then are going to have another bottom six finish. You definitely need to see them uh, improve a bit more next year, but uh, uh, we'll see. Uh, I have a little bit more faith in them just based on the fact that a couple more of their young guns are actually playing really well, yeah. um, although it really is being carried by Laird, Smith, and Keyes. Uh, Keyes is, again, just playing really good yeah. He had another quiet game playing a defensive role again. Um, Team player. He's, he's, he's must be a coach's dream, mm-hmm. having him out there. It's a gun. You know you know how I feel about Ben Keyes. Um, and you're four of us. Uh, you've already mentioned him. Sam Taylor got four for me. Um, I really enjoyed watching him play, and I know they you know, pants Essendon and Essendon. They've been better, but they're still sometimes a bit of a joke this year. Yeah. Uh, I had to give. I still had to give him four, just based on how strong he was in pretty much every contest I saw him in. We 
you say about Essendon, it was funny talking to an Essendon mate earlier this week in our footy chat mm. where he was like, that's exactly the game Essendon do lose. You think they're in form. Yeah. And then they lose to a team that's way below them yep. in terms of, you know, skill. Mm-hmm. You look at the teams, they should have beaten Collingwood. I mean, they were in front when the siren went. Um, they definitely should have beaten West Coast. And on either side of that, they won five games and then they lose to GWS. It's just a, it's such a typical modern Essendon performance. Well, what is it? Uh, Damien Barrett's been calling them fake wins. And that's kind of what they are at yeah, this point. Yeah, they are. Um, and we talked about that as well. We said that the review needs to keep in mind everything that happened before it started. No, oh, they won't though. I don't think they will. <laughs> I do wonder, for both Hinkley and Rutten, it's a big game this weekend. If one of those teams gets monstered, then it's not going to look good. I did see, was it David? I know we're getting sidetracked. David Kosh said in the media that they review everyone's position at the end of every year. And I'm like, he's, then why he's do you keep changed. giving Kosh? Well, he's changed you, his wording around Hinkley a lot. keeps giving him four or five years, but if you review it every year, give him shorter contracts. For me, though, I don't think there's any point sacking Hinkley this year. He's got one year left in his he contract. Can what, someone do a watchable job next year? It would. It would. <laughs> there we go. That's all I need to hear. Um, my four votes was to Koning. Um, I figured you would. He was given equal best on ground by the coaches' votes with two others who I thought were, but that were for the midfielders in Holmes and Parfitt. Genuinely a shared load between those. He destroyed King again, mm. as he did earlier this year. He had only 11 touches himself, but eight spoils, four marks, and King finished with eight touches for the yeah. game. Um, he had as many spoils as King had disposals. He's just so solid in, in defence. It's incredible to see such a young footballer playing the way he does. It was a very similar uh, vibe I got from DeConing watching that game that I got from Harris Andrews, kind of the same situation. So they both kind of sat on the outer for me. Um, but, yeah, we both know SDK is a, a legitimate <laughs> player. He's ridiculous. really good. Um, I, I It'll be interesting to see if they opt to give him a rest within the next couple of weeks at all. Yeah. I don't think they will because the pre-final buy is still there. Yeah. And that's all the rest you'll need. But um, when you start talking about resting when it comes to finals, I feel like you're always getting a little bit ahead of yourself. Just win, just play the games the that games. are in front of you. It's just wild to think that a 21-year-old is so important to a team's premiership hopes in yeah. a key position, um, just having a stellar season. Mm. And it gives um, uh, a lot of freedom to, to other players to be moved around into positions. Well, the way like Blake Scott Scott is being able to be used to as a, like a mid-ruck now instead of a full-back. And also and just Henry going wherever the, the hell they need him to. So Yeah, taking pack marks up forward. Guthrie being able to float Zach, that is, onto the wing and things like that. Just say um, Zuthry. Everyone knows who he is. Yeah. It's Zuthry. <laughs> Zuthry, it is. Um, yeah, so that was my four. Yep, uh, totally makes sense. Uh, so I'll swing right into my five. If this isn't your five, I'll be shocked. Luke Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. Ridiculous game. That's 10 votes for Luke um, When I checked the coach's votes and saw that he didn't get given best on ground, I was genuinely stuck. I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't check the he coach's votes four. this week. He got four votes. <laughs> um, he had 32 touches at 97%, which I means think, he missed, what, one or two targets yeah. for the whole game. 573 metres gained behind only Richards for metres gained. Mm-hmm. And then they were both about 100 ahead of the next person. I was, I was looking at the stats as the game was going on. I can't even remember what day that game happened. Was it Friday? Friday night? I think it was. Yeah, so I remember kept looking down and I'm like, oh yeah, Luke Ryan's got eight marks. I'd look away and I'd be like, oh, he's got 10 marks. I'd look away, I'd go back, he's got 12. Oh, he's got 15 in the end. I I don't know how many he took in that last quarter alone, but he was huge. We asked for it last week um, for 
for what? Uh, both Ryan and uh, Cox to step up, and they were yeah. both brilliant. I think Chapman had a really good game too. Yeah, uh, and O'Driscoll being halfback slash wing was really good. Well, I think O'Driscoll's best 22, and I don't know where he's been for injured. a portion of the year. Oh, was he injured? <laughs> yeah, he did a uh, ankle, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember, I remember. So he came back through the, I think he came back through the waffle. He played one or two games, but yeah, his run for them is huge. Yeah. Um, and I think that'll be really important coming back into, you know, into finals. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've missed that. I thought, um, looking down to the back line, Jordan Clark had a quintessential Jordan Clark game. He did some really damaging kicks and run and then had some absolute mince turnovers that cost goals. But their back line looked a lot better this week. Um, and the Bulldogs hardly scored. That was a... Yeah. a the Bulldogs are just this weird, lost space team at the moment. I don't, I don't know what's moment. going on with them. I really um, don't. We, we've dwelled on this before. There's no point doing it again. Yeah, but we did it literally last week. Yeah. That's one thing I can remember from last week. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just thought it was a bit disappointing to see them fire so little of a shot. It was the same as a few weeks ago. I can't remember who they played, but we had a similar experience. We're like, this is the game the Bulldogs have to really show up for, and they just completely didn't. I feel like it's been a bit of a, what's the word I'm looking for? An anticlimactic end to the season. I feel like a bunch of teams have just given up. Yeah, well, the Bulldogs have, like, realistically... They've got two very easy games. This is what I was going to say. Like, uh, these were my couple of questions for you. Do Collingwood win the next two? Sure. Yeah, 100%. They've got Sydney at the SCG. Carlton at... I think it's at Docklands? At at this point... uh, No, it's at the MCG, I'm pretty sure. MCG? Uh, Collingwood are going to win every game for the rest of the year. I've learned this over the last five weeks. Every week I've gone, this is the week they lose I said to someone earlier today, I was like, I've tipped them to lose six of those 11 games. Yep. Um, I thought earlier, I was like, if you could go back in time and give yourself an extra 11 tips. Like the only ones I tipped them to win were like to beat Adelaide, Mm -hmm. to beat North, Mm -hmm. to beat Gold Coast at the MCG. I tipped them to lose Gold Coast at Metricon. Mm -hmm. Like the games that you would just wholeheartedly expect them to win, that they almost lost and gave me a heart attack um, and to beat Port. But then obviously they beat really good teams in that mix that I, you know. Melbourne twice. But my joke was that I was like. Was that in that run? um, I don't remember. Melbourne twice. Carlton, Fremantle, yeah, I think that's – there must have been another one in there because I tipped against them six times. Yeah, but so – I said I've learnt my lesson and I'm tipping Sydney. <laughs> Sydney at home have been, after the last few years of being shocking there, Sydney have been really good at home. I think Sydney are just a better team. I, no, I agree, but watch this space. Collingwood can't lose. They and can't. We'll be in, in the last week of September. And it doesn't matter what goes we'll on in a game of football. It. They just win it and it's yep. baffling because Melbourne were – a vastly superior side mm-hmm. for probably 70% of that game. Yep. Their backline was firing too. Their backline was great. May and Lever both played solid games yep. of football. Petty was decent. Gorn dominated in the ruck. Oliver yep. dominated in the middle. Petrarca played a really good game. I just don't understand how a team can get smashed in the clearances every week and still end up winning. They were down 20 on clearances, 24 inside 50s. If you win the inside 50s by 24 and don't win by five goals, you'd be upset. They're an anomaly. Let alone losing. They're an anomaly where they don't win the contests and they don't win almost any important stat and they just win games. It's, it's incredible. And they, they must have so much faith. Like you could see at three-quarter time, Melbourne were up and in their huddle they looked concerned and in Collingwood's huddle they looked confident. And that's just what being what on a doing. run like that does, right? Like you just, you'd have this immense belief that you're going to win these games. Mm, but maybe we should check for peds. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Who knows? It's just incredible. If it was, yeah. if it was PEDs, they would have broken down by now, right? They would have stopped injury injuries. and Let's keep stocking up. It's true, yeah. Well, can't be Jamie Elliott. He would have had a soft tissue injury by now. <laughs> um, but no, I've uh, I've gotten off the five-week-long, this is the week they're going to lose, and they're just winning every game from now on. So I'd that's s- that's my official stance. It's crazy, though, that how their percentage it. sits. If they do lose these two games, they could drop as low as seventh. 
because their percentage is so poor compared to Can you imagine if them. they lose these games and are in the top four and have a percentage of under 100? If they win them, you mean? No, like, even if they, like, lose them yeah. and the teams around them lose oh, and they the, stay top four. Well, the problem is that they play they play Carlton and Sydney. I think Sydney can jump Sydney them. Sydney would jump there's them. there's also the fact that Freer is a fascinating Brisbane one. would have to keep winning got, too. I can't remember who that. Freer have a couple of games coming up that... Ah, uh, here we are, guys. We're at the Jack listing off games No, no, episode. well, it's, it's just the fact they can still get quite high up the ladder if other results fall their way because obviously Melbourne don't have the easy run. They've got Carlton and Brisbane, so mm-hmm. they've got two top eight sides. Um, Brisbane, obviously the other way around, still have Melbourne. And then they've got St Kilda this week, which you'd expect them to win pretty comfortably. Yeah, you'd hope so, but... Um, but Frio yeah. should win against West Coast and GWS. So if results go the right way, they're still completely on for a top two finish as well. And that's after people were saying they could still drop out of the eight three weeks ago. Yeah, it was. It all came down to this game against the Bulldogs. It did, and uh, they for them, and they, they came out and they won, which is what a team pushing for top four should be doing. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're in good stead at the moment. Um, I, like I said, I have no idea. Collingwood are just going to keep winning. Um, Brisbane played you, really well on the weekend. How, how so. crazy is it to think that like we could get to the first week of the finals and Geelong and Collingwood are both on thirteen game win streaks? Like I don't know if I've ever seen that before. We've seen teams have. Surely we could go back to like. The St Kilda Geelong days. Well, Collingwood and Geelong both had in the same year eleven game winning streaks, mm-hmm. but Geelong beat Collingwood twice in that season. Yeah. Um, well, the, the only only team that beat Collingwood that year, they beat them three times, twice home and away, and once in the grand final. But I've never seen two teams go into the final series on a streak like that at the same time. I don't know. I'm sure if you looked up the statistics, it'd be there, and it'd probably be from like 2015, and you missed it. Somewhere yeah, like a that. really obvious one, like I don't know, Freo and Hawthorne did it or something. But it is a it is a really interesting thing to see. Um, and crazy that Melbourne is still that like with a lot of people still favourite for the Premiership. Um, and I think if really they get are... their, I think if they get their shit together, oh absolutely, they're, they're still at their best, the best team. And we saw that against Frio when they just completely nullified them and smashed them into the floor. We saw that for massive patches of the game on Saturday night against Collingwood. Yeah, but they just but it's Collingwood, so it doesn't count. Yeah, so it didn't matter for them. But it'll be interesting to see in the games, particularly the game against Brisbane. I feel like Carlton with no midfield, basically mm. with. Kennedy, Walsh. Oh, so Kennedy, Cripps, and who else is missing? Uh, Hewitt. Hewitt, yeah, with, with three of the most important players in that midfield missing. Don't forget David Cunningham. Um, it's not <laughs> as much of a measure as it would have been earlier in the year. We're looking at that fixture being late in the year and yeah. being excited about it. But their game against Brisbane is a huge measuring stick for them, I think. Mm. Um, and we'll really see how they're going coming yeah. to the finals after that game. I think I would like to see more than two teams going into finals. In form. Yeah. Because uh, that's... Well, Sydney are in form. Yeah, I would count it's Sydney fair to too, say. so that's three, but... The last you... team they lost to was Collingwood. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Collingwood are unbeatable. Who, who yeah, can't lose. Um, but Sydney have obviously beaten Geelong earlier this year. I think they also beat Brisbane and Melbourne. So they're the really, like, teams around them form team. They're drinking the Bugs Bunny special water from Space Jam or something. Yeah, that, Something's going on. Maybe they've done it to, like, Port. Or someone who, like, thought <laughs> everyone expected to be top four and Collingwood have just, like, space jammed them and they've yeah. got all their powers. I don't know what's going on there. Um, they, and they just put Josh Bruce in Darcy Cameron or something. I don't know what's happened there as well. Like, <laughs> Josh Bruce in Darcy Cameron. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'd fit. <laughs> I mean, surely you would pick a like-for-like like player. Well, maybe they put Josh Bruce in Jeremy Finlay. So I don't know what's going on there. He's yeah, a ruckman a, now. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> Josh Bruce isn't a ruckman. No, but he's... <laughs> bad now and he was good before he's come off a knee injury yeah 
And he's I mean, he is a support a foil role. Forward. He's a support role. Yeah. Norton and um, Hugo Hagen are both firing currently with Bruce in the side, and they weren't before. Yeah. Um, Norton's a, an interesting one. I feel like his best is phenomenal, and his worst is terrible. Gone. Like he, he just doesn't exist. Doesn't fire a shot, but you see that with a couple of especially young forwards. Key forwards. King's the same. Yeah. Um, and I, I heard Rewalt earlier in the year criticising him for being very one-dimensional, and I thought it was a bit unfair at the time, but. Having seen some of his worst performances this year, I feel like he only does the miraculous stuff when he's already on. And when he can't get his game going, he doesn't do the tackling and he doesn't do the, you know, ground ball gets. You see it with a lot of... And he just leads and leads keys, and leads. Um, especially those younger up-and-coming ones, even as far up as your Mackay's as well. If they don't get a goal or two early, a good mark in here and there, they just sort of shut off. Um, that's a confidence thing. That happens to... And it's happened to footballers always. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's shaping up to be a really good final series, I think, because I still think that the field is wide open. Yeah, I, I have no idea what's going to happen. I get why Geelong are favourites, but their finals record is not good. Um, they, fact, they love winning a semi, but that's about it. Um, it's, it's pretty bad. It's dour. Um, the best thing they've got this year is that there's a really good chance they'll play a non-Victorian side first week at the MCG. Um, Sydney, Brisbane or Frio. Very good chance to finish in that third, fourth, fifth bracket. I feel like I still wouldn't want to play. Sydney. It could be Melbourne, the yeah, way it's going. Like Melbourne, Melbourne could finish either. fourth. Um, Collingwood could finish fourth. Who knows? Um, I don't no way. No I would not want to play Collingwood in the final. I, don't want, play Col- I don't want to play Collingwood ever. Um, <laughs> Geelong beat them earlier this year through Jeremy Cameron. Brilliant. Yeah, that was it. Um, that was before they were good. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they were good. We just didn't notice it yet. Because they always beat Brisbane, and I was like, man, Brisbane are struggling Nathan, this year. I don't think Nathan Murphy was playing at that point, so clearly they weren't good. What a, what a jet. Yeah, he's a gun. Um, he was in the 22 under 22 and well he deserved. Was. Yeah, I, I saw that, was, that and I was like, awesome. That was one of the ones I looked at and went, that makes Absolutely sense. Absolutely should be. I, yeah. thought, I thought Ben Hobbs was done a little hard, but yeah. it's hard to get spots. Didn't, didn't he get dropped? I don't know. It's Essendon. Essendon yeah, is strange. Yeah, true. Um. But uh, well, obviously our West Coast supporting friend was a, a little upset. I saw his Facebook comment and I thought, by next year, you should probably expect to see a couple of players in yeah, there. Yeah, like, like, it's hard to get some of those players in a 22 out of 22 after the season they had. Yeah, but if you don't see players like Bazo or Cully or even Brady Hoff, um, Campbell Chester hasn't played a game due to injury, but there's a whole slew of players I think are good enough too. Breach that twenty two next year. We always talk about the All Australian having like the the known player bias. Mm. The twenty two under twenty two has that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Quite often players don't break in in their deconings of and Dacos are obviously freak examples of getting in in their first year. But normally players get into that twenty two under twenty two after their breakout season. Yeah. Like the next year they're in. Unless you're like a Walsh or a Bontempelli. Well, yeah, or... Bontempelli I think was in every year. Yeah, and so was Walsh. Yeah. Um, Still is, he's got one more yeah, year, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Like, those two were in every year from debut through until 22, which, as they would be. But for yeah. the average player, the first year doesn't get you in no. because it's hard picking Like, you have, to, you have to have a, a pretty standout season or particularly be in, like, a key position role. Like, you yeah. see a Jesse Hogan when he was coming through Weedering. or a Jacob Weedering. Yeah. Which is why your Dacos many... and Murphys get in because there's not many yeah. keys. How, um, many, how many key backs are there going between 18 and 22 who are... Best 22. Yeah. Key forwards even less, yeah. I think. Hugo um, Hagen will probably be in next year. That's another one where you look at, like, yeah. he hasn't had a good enough most of this year, but his last five or six weeks mm-hmm. have been more than good enough to get him in. So I think people Just, look at those teams way too critically. Yeah. Um, when, one, they don't matter. Like, it doesn't the, matter. The, the player might go, oh, that's me. That's cool. 
and that's it. It's not like he's going to get a nice jacket medal. with a with a with a year on it. Yeah, I just people hold way too much stock in useless things, and like in, that. yeah, like all Australian and that kind of stuff. Like it doesn't matter. Um, all it really doesn't. You know what all Australians add up to at the end of the day is the annoying people who are on Fox Footy yeah. on a Saturday and it pops up at the bottom of well, the it's screen. When, it's when they don't have any success and they have to put that on there. Yeah. Um, I like that um, sometimes David King gets the All-Australian thing. Oh, that's a two-time premiership player. Put his premierships on there. I love Ben Dixon when it just says 190 games. <laughs> <four four." laughs> and his goals. And he's probably the best person on uh, Fox Footy. I don't, footy, I don't so. Dixon. Oh, Dunstall's the best. Oh, Dunstall's the best. Footy. Sorry. Yeah. I don't count him with the other buffoons. Um, speaking of <laughs> buffoons, did you see everyone's favourite misogynist, Wayne Carey, is in the news again this week? Yeah, I did, and I looked at the article and went, I don't want to read that. Yeah, apparently it was a... <laughs> they used heavier words than it was. I don't think it was a physical altercation, but they had the premiership uh, reunion All party, I saw was a tweet that said... And he and Stevens got into a bit of a tiff. And I was like, if I was North, I would simply not invite the person who screwed our captain's wife and then abandoned the club. All I saw was to a tweet that said, bit rich from uh, Kerry to be mad at someone for doing things behind his back. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that's enough. That's a good one. That me. is good. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, it's, a, it's a slow news week when stuff like that is headlines though, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I, I don't even remember many of the headlines for this week. Obviously, well, we had a couple of suspensions. The tribunal but... ones were... I got why Carlton challenged Cripps, right? There yeah, was, there was a very shot. slim chance to get it off, but to have him for those last two games would have been huge. What was the point of West Coast challenging a one-game ban to Kelly? It, I don't. I don't know. Like, oh. and, unless he challenged it himself because of yeah, like maybe was, was maybe James clubs do it differently. Trigger, maybe some clubs do it based on whether they think they can get it off. Maybe some clubs do it based on the players, the principal or the player. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like, keeping Tim Kelly happy is good for West Coast at the moment because he's just about the only bloke who tried all year. Well, um, I mean, except for when Windigate decided to yeah. just completely. Yeah, what a tagging him, game but, that was. Um, yeah, it's it's. It's a tough one, but... I'll never understand the tribunal in any of its facets. I don't understand why clubs challenge some things. I don't understand it's a why waste it, time. some players get off and some don't. It's like if Cochin did a sling tackle that was just as bad as Kelly's yeah, and he got yeah, completely Cochin, off. Cochin is, and I hate to say he's it... He's the ultimate protected species. He is protected as hell. There's not many players that I genuinely believe it about. Cochin is absolutely one. Gary Ablett was another. Tom Lynch is the other one, I think. Um, and it's, yeah. it's funny they're both from Richmond because I don't think Richmond are protected. No, in general, they're like not. Marlon Pickett, Vlosten? who's had a great Vlosten? year. Vlosten, Vlosten. Uh Both of those have been suspended. Yeah, for nothing as well. Sydney yeah. Stack got a couple for very little. Um, it doesn't matter. But the tribunal's just racist. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Wouldn't shock me. Uh, there's a white man in charge of it. Um, <laughs> He's got Christian in his name. Maybe his name's Michael. Um no, it's uh, Gary Abbott was another one as well. I remember when he took like three elbows to the face of different players for him to get suspended finally, and I was like, the the guy just wanted a week off, like different he just times, desperately different times. Um, what three years ago? <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought you meant senior. <laughs> senior, no, he could he he was a um very very few people back then who actually did get suspended for things they should have. He was hated by the umpires and the tribunal. I mean, did you see his hair and probably his teammates. Um for getting suspended all the time. He's a player that I genuinely reckon could have won a Brownlow in the forward line had he not just gotten suspended every single I think, year. I think that specific error is the only time that a forward... Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think Jeremy Cameron's... Well, he's he'll, he's a good chance of being top 20 or so this year. Yeah. Um, well, the other one is Bolton. Um, he's Bolton. obviously more of a midfielder. If he kicks straight, he could win both in one year. Yeah. Uh, he's had 70... 
78 shots on goal this year. And what if he, he converted his, at 75, he's is he like, 32 of them. If he converted at 75%, and in those games he'd be more likely to get Brownlow votes for bagging those goals, he'd yeah. absolutely be in the conversation to yeah, win both. The amount of times I check the statistics of a Richmond game and I see he's kicked 1-5 or something, or something. it's like, oh, incredible. And but the thing is, and we've talked about it, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but they're all just pot shots. Yes, and that's what I was thinking earlier when I heard, when I read that stat. I was like, yeah, but a lot of them are just he's banging away from 60, where or other midfielders are, the are passing looking. that. Yeah. And I think that the scale will go both ways. Like, he will start getting more Brownlow votes, but he'll start having less shots on goal because he'll be doing the more... Team-oriented thing. Like, you see those... Martin does it, and, and those kinds of players have always done it, is the blind turn into the corridor and hitting a player that no one else has even noticed was standing there. Well, I like to call the Brody Smith. And <laughs> when you start doing more of those is, yeah. is when you, he's going to become a more complete footballer. Um Marbio Chol, no longer in the running for the... It's devastating because uh, I like him more than Fritch. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, Fritch will get there because he will make sure that he gets there, even if there were better options available. Like, he'll kick a... He'll do the Bolton. He'll kick 1-5 to make sure he gets a goal every game. Well, uh, we'll see. But it's I, not, I, I think we talked about this on the weekend. I think that's one of the best games in terms of a team performance I've ever seen Fritch yeah, play. He was going hard. He was up and down the ground and crashing contests. Ben Brown as well. And they still lost. Like, you had these forwards who were one-dimensional forwards playing high, roaming, you know, marking and tackling games, and they still lost. Like, it was a baffling outcome. Collingwood are unbeatable. I don't know. They're unbeatable. What have they done? How, have they made a deal with Eddie Maguire? Um... Maybe they had to sacrifice the souls of Buckley and Maguire. If Port to wear, bring things back if into- Port wear <laughs> the prison bars once in a season, which they've done almost every other season, Collingwood can't win the premiership. That's or, the secret. Or is the secret that if Port Adelaide won, the, uh, sorry, wore the prison bars every week, they would be unbeatable? Maybe that's it. <laughs> that's the, what, Eddie Maguire knows. That's why he's not letting them do it. That is the dumbest debate in footy. It's um, reared its head again because obviously David Kosh has had a heart attack about it, as he often does. Who cares? Like, I, unless they're playing Collingwood and it is their home game. It's like an away game against any team I think you should wear your kit or your flash kit. If they're playing a home game against anyone but Collingwood, wear the prison bars. I, I could not care less. Yeah, if, uh, if uh, Fremantle can get away with their... Oh, uh, the outfit. 112 <laughs> different jumpers they've got. If that Geelong-Carlton game in the Indigenous kits was allowed to be telecast and the Geelong North games, which were you could not tell the difference between those clubs, Port can wear whatever they want. I don't yeah. care. Um, Melbourne, sorry, the Bulldogs wore a Thor jumper. That's probably one of the worst in the AFL. That's one of the worst I've seen in terms of one being the biggest sellouts of all time. Cringe. And two, it looked horrendous. Like, it's bad. They might as well have just put a... F- picture of chris hemsworth on the front of it i would be better yeah no it, it we, wouldn't have been but you, you know at that point you might as well have it's just a dumb like just get over it let him play <laughs> like and when they talk about the history and and collingwood fans love to do oh yeah but the afl is a continuation of the vfl there was no salary cap until 1987 like it wasn't a professional sport no. you could pay players literally whatever you wanted which meant that collingwood and melbourne who had the most money money won like it like, <laughs> It's such a dumb argument, and it always will be. Yeah, I don't like to get involved in that sort of thing because it's just pointless fucking yeah. yelling back and forth with each slinging. other. Um, um, and it's the same with anyone. That and I, I enjoy up. both David Kosh and Eddie Maguire suffering. Like, yeah. that is one of the few things that gives me joy because, like, yeah, these true. are supposedly intelligent businessmen fighting, like, schoolgirls on, like, a, a national stage, which is just... I, I can't comprehend, but 
I do want it to end. Just let them wear the kit. Like, I, it, no. And most other sports on earth are like that. Like, you look at soccer and the number of jumpers those teams wear when they travel. It's insane. Like, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just a jumper. You watch um, basketball. Some teams yeah. just have a white strip. Yeah, like, oh, we're playing an away game. We'll just wear whatever white. they're not wearing. And then it's just got their logo on it. Yep. And that's fine. You sell more and if the you AFL have more jumpers, A few right? years ago, let Port wear those prison bars against Carlton, and I could not tell who was who. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just like, I don't know, Collingwood doesn't have an away jumper either. No. They just have the one. And everyone jersey. else is almost forced to, but they've yep. got one that's white and black, and you can't tell the difference because it's just stripes. Like, I don't understand why they don't do alternate Guernseys, because... It makes more money. It's, it's a money maker. People buy them. It's why Frio's reused every single strip they've ever had, and David Mundy has now worn... All Every 32 one. of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's such a strange one. They had those ones with like just the magpie on it, with like the grey stripes back in the day. I do remember it, but wasn't this but just that a was pre-season like, It might have been, yeah. yeah. It was years ago. But yeah, it feels like for the last few years, they've just had the one has thicker black stripes and one has thicker white stripes. There was that big trend for a while where all the pre-season Guernsey was, was block, colour, bird. That was it. Yeah. Cat. Yeah. Oh, the Geelong the one. Matchstick the demon. Geelong one that was just a big cat face. With the two hoops? There's some shock and pre Oh, there are. So. Absolutely. Um, the Geelong shirts take the cake. They are the worst. Oh, the around. sleeves? Like, I would I would wear them as a training kit. Like, it looks like they'd be really comfortable, like, to wear for footy training, so you at least got something on your shoulders or whatever. Hey, During yeah. a game, it looks horrendous. They're very dorky. It looks like they've made, like, a third team for the International Rules Series. <laughs> yeah, to represent the country. Well, Geelong's got enough Irishmen on the list. It's <laughs> fair enough at this two? point. Two? Three? Three. Yeah, I think Acumba's gone as well, actually. It's about standard. Yeah, most people have a lot now. Yeah. It's because the Irishmen are, like, getting paid $12,000 a year to play over there, and they go, you're going to offer me how much? Yeah. 80 base. Yeah. I play in in the semi-professional league, and I get 80,000. Yeah. Yeah, I'll come over. I would. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, That's probably a good place to leave it. (laughs) Yeah, uh, please, someone pay me $80,000 to do nothing. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love to play... no, I don't want to play VFL. No, I don't want to play football. Crunched. Just give me 80000 Yeah. I'll have $80,000. Please. I'm begging you. Yeah. If anything comes out of this podcast, <laughs> get $80, someone $80, please give me $80,000. Hey, the, the Ko-Fi is open. I'm not sure they accept payments that large. Do we have, but a, like, do we have that? I think so. <laughs> I, I might have set it up. Why do we not advertise that at we've the beginning, a, middle, a... <laughs> and end of every podcast, Jack? <laughs> we've got a link tree, and there's a bunch of stuff on it. No one's and ever I don't clicked the link tree. No one's ever clicked the link tree. <laughs> Anyway, um, unless you're an attractive girl on TikTok, then everyone no one's opening your link tree, and, and then they see that there's just like a DeviantArt. Oh, follow my Instagram. Um, and then it's a private Instagram. You're like, but I don't even know why I want to follow this. <laughs> Jack's been on very many link trees based off that comment. Well, I, I made one. <laughs> there's there's a few there's like there's a few other names as well, right? Like there's like a card with lots of R's. Oh, I know about that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's a few. Anyway, we've got one. Um, Find it. Or just go to the website. Yeah, just do um, that. Which is just thebackpocketau.com. And there's a there's a support button on there as well. I don't know what's on that page either. I don't Press look at that. The only page I look at is the ladders and leaderboards page when I upload, upgrade date the defensive one. I've got that in my reading list on my phone. That's the <laughs> only page I use on page. our own website. Um, anyway, we'll see you next week after another Collingwood inevitable win. Yep. Unbeatable. Bye.